Constance Silence. No one really remembers Constance. Not her surviving siblings, not her husbands, not her two now grown children. Her life burned dimly and only briefly. Just one score plus three between birth and death. Constance had a vanquished mother and a hard father. Siblings both older and younger. No education to speak of beyond the basics of reading and writing. No books in the house other than a dusty old Bible. Any spark of personality Constance might have possessed was suffocated by the relentless drudgery of daily chores. She was thin and plain. And most of the time, so quiet, folks asked if Constance was mute. Her father, Jared Silence, a wheelwright and plow jockey, had been beaten by a stepfather and so viewed the world with a jaundiced eye. He had never known joy and could not tolerate the thing in others. Jared did everything in his power to make the lives of his wife and children joyless. He never smiled, never offered a kind word, never bounced a baby on his knee, never brought his wife a flower or his children a toy. When money ran low or he drank too many spirits, Jared's nature turned menacing, and the children hid under their beds or out in the woodshed. As a boy, Jared had been backhanded for no offense at all, and so swinging with impunity came naturally. He had struck his wife so many times she cowered like a beaten dog. Constance, of all the nine children, due to her quiet and gentle nature, suffered the most from this domestic horror. She developed a nervous tick that made her shoulders and neck twitch uncontrollably. Her dark gray eyes blinked incessantly, and when her father roared, Constance's whole body trembled. She ate but little, as her stomach revolted from even small quantities of food. Sleep was its own form of torture, as she had terrible dreams of being held underwater or trapped in a burning building. These dreams stirred her awake many times during the night. In this way, Constance passed her youth. When she turned 15, she was given in matrimony to a man nearly twice her age. She could only hope the man would be a good man, a kind man. His name was Luther Silence, a distant cousin who lived several villages to the north. Luther was a hog farmer and distiller of moonshine. He had already buried two wives and was looking for a third wife to take care of his five children and add a few more to his brood. The oldest of these children, a boy, was but a few years younger than Constance. There was a wedding, 
and that night the marriage was consummated. Although any sane or civilized person would have called it the rape of a minor, plain and simple. Constance bore the pain and humility of forced sex with clenched teeth and a nearly unbearable sadness. A homecoming to her father's doomed and dreadful house would have been paradise compared to the bed of this foul and practically toothless man who smelled of stale sweat and pig shit. Constance cared for those five children. She cooked their meals and cleaned their plates and mended their tattered clothes. They mocked her incessantly, called her deaf and dumb because she never spoke and seemed not to hear a word they said. Soon, she grew heavy with child. The baby came early with a deformed head and the big bug eyes. Luther took it down to the creek and drowned it. A second baby was the same, and a third. Constance and Luther, it turned out, were not distant cousins at all, but rather two close cousins who shared the same great-grandparents. Luther took Constance back to her father. Her mother had died some months earlier, and the rest of her siblings had flown the coop. Jared had a new woman, a stout scullery maid with a foul mouth and a fireplace poker. She forced Constance to do all the cooking and cleaning and garbage hauling. If Constance dawdled, the chubby bitch would give her a hard thwack with the poker. But because the scullery maid performed the most amazing magic tricks in the sack, Jared merely snickered and looked the other way when his mistress abused his daughter. In this way, life went along until that winter when the pestilence swept through the village. First Jared, then the scullery maid, and finally Constance lay sick with the virus. Fever, rash, nausea, and hallucinations ravaged the house. Constance, after a long convalescence, recovered. Jared and his scullery maid succumbed. Constance inherited the house, and word quickly spread that the silence woman was a property owner, and the suitors came scurrying. Constance fell for one who was silly and made her smile. She could not remember the last time she had smiled. Had she ever smiled, even once? They married, and he moved into the house, and they consummated their marriage in a quiet and pleasant manner. The honeymoon went on for several weeks, long enough for Constance to think they would live happily ever after. Constance Silence was, for the first time in her life, happy, content, at peace. She grew heavy with child. A seven-pound baby girl was born some months later, whole and healthy and jolly. Mama held that baby to her swollen bosom hours and hours every day. That baby was, Constance felt certain, a miracle. Her husband grew jealous of the baby and of the bond between his wife and daughter. He grew 
irritable and indolent. He took up with horrors and daily lost his temper. One night, the baby wailing from one ailment or another, he ordered Constance to shut the child up. When this proved difficult, he smacked his wife halfway across the room. And then, a moment later, he fell upon her, sobbing and repentant and promising to never, ever strike her again, ever. Now, Constance was not such a fool to believe him, but what could she do? She was just a woman. So she gave herself to him that very night, and nine months later, a second baby girl arrived, also whole and healthy and jolly. But this babe proved even noisier than the first, and took up even more of her mother's time. The father grew bolder and bolder with his hands, struck his wife so hard one evening she saw stars, fell back, struck her head on the fireplace, and went into a coma. She lay in that state for some time and then perished just a few days after her 23rd birthday. A balled-up piece of paper and a dusty Bible were found shoved in the back of Constance's dresser drawer. On the paper were scribbled these words in her jittery hand. Good God, it is nothing more than muscle and Timothy 9.14 that has ruined sweet life for all us quiet ladies. <laughs>